listening to Charge Podcast, episode 41, the podcast that looks at tech under the hood. I'm your host, Owen, and joining me today is your co-host, John. How are you, man? I'm good. We're not Charge Tech Podcast this week. Why? Because you said we're Charge Podcast. Oh, we are Charge Podcast, sometimes talking about more than tech. <laughs> we're charged up. <laughs> we, we are lit. Uh, uh, how oh, are you? so weird. I'm good. Oh my god, it's so hot in New York. I can't even. What it's, really? It's started. Really, yeah, summer is there. I apologize for potential birds chattering in the background because <laughs> it's so warm. It's so hot. I haven't turned my AC on yet, so I'm trying to be a how good environmentalist. It? Oh, I don't know. Let me see. Weather in Brooklyn. I bet it's like. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like it's like 20 degrees C or something. Wow. Let me see. Yeah. Oh shit. Right now, 11 a.m. It's 26 yeah. degrees C, which is what? yeah in se- New York. Yeah, 70. Damn, man, that's crazy. I'm jealous. It's gonna get up. But to when eight. you come here, it's gonna be cold. <laughs> it's gonna get up to almost 30 today. Wow. I need to come back to New York. Yeah, I'm beautiful. jealous. What's that? What's going on over there? It's cold. Oh yeah, I'm coming to Amsterdam. Yeah, and in like a week, you're coming here to hang out, and we're gonna hang out with people who know us. <laughs> IRL charge it's, tech meetups. It's good here. It's just cold. Like I'm, I'm looking at the weather app, and it's just ten degrees every day. <laughs> so it's not New York. I'm. So, I can't uh, even. Yeah. I can't even tell you how hot it is. I'm so frustrated right now. <laughs> Do you like it hotter or colder? I don't mind it hot. Guy? I don't mind it hot. But okay. Like two days ago, it was like zero degrees C. What? Yeah, really annoying. And now it's like. Mm way way like it just it's like just the just flipping it's that time of the year where it flips on a dime and also my allergies are destroying me oh man it's that time of year oh i can't horrible yeah i swear i'm doing like six zyrtec a day right now i uh i just want summer that's all i want anyway enough about the weather so john will be here from the date that i forgot already 26 to the and 30th we will, yeah i will put in the slack we'll have a beer somewhere in Amsterdam. If anybody is near there, come have beer with us. <laughs> oh, and how much money does what? Apple have cash? A disturbing amount. I actually don't know. How much does it have? Is Two, this new? $246 billion. Yeah, they just... Uh, what? Yeah, they're they're like... Oh, wait, on hand? Yeah, they're at their highest amount of cash ever. Is it? Do you think it's because they just can't spend it fast enough? What is the deal with that? Uh, I think there's two things. Probably a lot of that's offshore. Um, they don't Ireland, Ireland, because uh, it's very expensive to bring tax or to ca- bring. It's very expensive to bring cash on onshore right now in the U.S. Right, right. Um, and also, I think they're saving up. I think they're saving up for two things. I think a company as big as Apple has to have a lot of liquidity to weather uh, an economic downturn. And also... And the iPhone dying or the Mac shrinking. Yeah, so I I think that it's really hard to bring cash uh, into the country. And also, also I think they're going to buy, like, I mean, we've said this before, I think, on the podcast, but I think they're going to buy something pretty big. A bank or a health company or something. Yeah, it's the most likely manufacturer. You know they're trying to invest in Toshiba right now or acquire Toshiba's chip division, right? Yeah. They could literally buy any bank, any car manufacturer and any healthcare provider and still have money left over. Their that is amount crazy. of cash, yeah, their amount of cash on hand is like many small countries worth of GDP. Like it's just, just insane how much money. And also you pinged me in the Slack the other day and we're like, Hey, guess what? Apple has applied for a self-driving car license. It happened. It's absurd. It makes so much sense with that cash pile actually. Cause that, (laughs) that is like a weapon in that race. Hmm. Everybody else is cash strapped. Waymo maybe is an exception. Uber has money, but it's burning. You know, like Apple can burn cash for longer than anybody else on this. Basically, Apple can do whatever it wants. It really can. Like it's got. It it's, makes me think it, about what's happening with um, Apple Music. 
you know, like Apple Music is $10 a month, Spotify is $10 a month, but they have to give Apple 30% of it. So Apple can just make a loss for years just to kill Spotify. It's interesting. I was thinking the other day about... So when you think about self-driving car technology, there's like two, three components that are sort of interesting. The data, the hardware, and then the OS, the software component. Um, and we know that at least in the data component, it's pretty hard to beat um, Tesla and uh, and and mm-hmm. Google. Google's been driving forever, uh, collecting data. Um, I think that Argo AI and Ford is going to do really well um, with their OS. Uh, but I think that and but and then I think there's like kind of going to be a the hardware stuff's eventually not going to matter too much because it's all going to get commoditized. So it's going to be really easy to copy anyway. But I was thinking about the data component. I was driving the other day and and I was like, okay. Google's got ways. Tesla's got just like had a lot of cars on the road for a long time collecting data. Um, and then I thought, hmm, Apple's got the iPhone and the iPhone is in a lot of cars, but I don't know how. Yeah. How. Right. The data well, isn't useful well, enough, I don't think. It, c- it could it's be. It's useful. I mean, velocity like and all that kind if of thing. But the mapping is what they need. Yeah. Like they need they need pedestrian data, they need bike data, they need street data, they need everything. And it's like Apple is starting at squares 1.0 or 0.1. Even, another interesting you know? thing or another thing that would be cool if they can do it. See, this is where I don't know. Like in theory, I guess what I'm saying is in theory, Apple, because they have so many devices and so many hands, could do some interesting stuff with that for example all of our photos are geotagged so if they just were allowed to do image recognition on everything that they had in the cloud geotagged to every location because like there's that that there must be thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of photos taken of the corner of lafayette and prince in manhattan right right so given an image recognition algorithm and all those photos i'm sure you could get a fairly good picture of what's in that intersection but they would have to have the ability to reach down into the image and do that and i'm not sure if all of their like the way everything's structured actually would allow them yeah i don't don't know know if they're allowed i think i mean if it was like super anonymous i don't see any reason why i don't know but but with 200 billion is that even a problem like they could just span the road with Cars like for this, buy right? Satellites. I mean, Google has been very slow at that. Buy satellites, fly planes over. Yeah, and get a fleet of fifty thousand cars and drive them around endlessly. Like, it's you doable. wouldn't even need good cars if you were just mapping. No, they just need to be junk with sensors I feel on. Feel like them. mapping is a solved problem, though. I think you can. Everyone's doing good. You can go to probably go to Esri and get good maps now. It's probably not the... I don't think it's the mapping so much as the actual data to teach the car on. So real world stuff, like what does a traffic look like, traffic light look like and how does... Uh, you know, the car yeah. needs to see 50,000 different scenarios to know how to react to somebody yeah. swerving left or... Yeah, I mean, look at how t- how long it took Tesla to get the um, automatic lane assist I going. Borrowed, you know, it can change I lanes. I borrowed Tesla and took it out for few hours the other day on my own just while I drove it he came over with the self-driving one uh yeah it has the self-driving stuff I could not figure out how to turn it on wow (laughs) (laughs) I could not figure out how to use that car I was so frustrated at it I was like I there's so many features and I'm driving and I'm like how do I get into the entertainment part of the thing now like I want to try and pair my phone and I couldn't even I just had this massive huge iPad map in front of me yeah yeah okay but it is cool when you're driving it it has a little u on the dash and then it shows you everything around you and i was and i yeah, right like cartoon cars yeah well they're shadows and i was watching to see i just like watched it a lot and it's pretty cool it does a pretty good job of knowing where things are and stuff i think yeah you should see it in self-driving mode i went in a friend of mine ed zitron's car and he he has the what is it the the D model, uh, and it's it's insane. So he puts it in like autonomous mode, and it basically like the screen shows like a little radar, I think it is. And as 
and in San Francisco, there's a lot of traffic, right? And so we were driving from the airport to Oakland and it would show a car coming up ahead. And like, as you went closer to the car, it would kind of go red and then the car would react to it. It would either change lanes or it would stop or it would disengage. It was crazy. And like it, the, the, th- the killer thing for me is like, if you're stuck in traffic with the Tesla, you put that shit on and it does stop start for you. It's mm. awesome. Yeah, I did that, and Ben Ben took me in his car and showed me that, and I thought, it, I mean, it's impressive technology. There's no doubt about that. New do you boot it? I think the thing is, Apple has a lot of catching up to do, but like we said, with that cash bar, it doesn't matter. The question is, how do they yeah, spend it? And often, like, what do they care about? Very, very. You know, there's there is there is two. There's kind of well, there's first market mover advantage which is where a market's emerging and you move quickly and are the first person in it and you try kind is like tesla waymo mm, i would say like there haven't been a lot of true first market mover companies in a while amazon was the cloud first market mover apple was the personal computer first market mover kind of actually um microsoft was the first mainstream business first market mover um, but then there's second market mover advantage, which is when you have the ability to see how the market reacts to the first player and then you react around it. Right. When you're a big company, you can do that for a very long time. You can just wait for the whole market to emerge, which is actually kind of what happened with cell phones or at least smartphones. It was pretty clear that it was going to be possible to make, a uh, a cell phone styled device um, connected to the internet that had, um, you know, the ability to read the internet and do email and stuff like that. And so I wouldn't say that the iPhone was, the iPhone was just like a better Nokia, whatever equivalent was, or it was just intuitive. So better Blackberry, I guess. So I don't think that that's, I think that's true in this in this space, and I think that's why everyone's got to be careful, including Tesla. I think that um, supply chain is like a really hard thing to figure out. The only thing I find really weird is that um, it's really it's all it's not really basically if you have to own this whole whole supply chain or you have to like manipulate manipulate your supply chain too mm-hmm. much. You, I think you should be careful of your business economics generally so it seems a little weird because but so it seems interesting that they're going to try and do this stuff with Hitachi but Hitachi is basically done I don't think that they're going to be able to continue being a company for too much longer so maybe it's just like I don't know I think they they may buy Hitachi but it's interesting because Apple was moving to own its entire supply chain right it really is they're investing in Toshiba right now because they want to own the chipsets with the car I mean do you think they're building the entire thing end to end if they weren't it would probably leak I don't think it's necessarily bad to own large components of your supply chain yourself I think it's like when you're an airline and you buy a petroleum company to like fluctuate the price of gas so that the airline tickets fluctuate through the industry or that you can maintain a you know some uh stability and well your business isn't really that great if you can't deal with all that kind of stuff you know what's weird about that is like with the iphone the one component that apple doesn't control is the display still and i always find that quite bizarre because it's it's quite critical right like it's 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 this year they want to launch an oled iphone and they're slaves to Samsung. Yeah, it's such a difficult thing to do, though. Yeah, display fabrication is what probably the hardest one to get well, into. Also, but... buying all of that and manufacturing all of that crystal, I guess, or whatever the 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 material that they're using for the actual screen now, the the glass type thing. Uh, that's like a whole industry that requires like stuff that Apple like pressure big like pressure to like it's just stuff they wouldn't get into it's not their th- their thing right so right but it makes some it's interesting some sense to do to want to try and to try and if you want to drive efficiency in a very specific direction then it makes sense to try and buy uh, your manufacturers to because you don't care about them optimizing for their other customers 
you want them specifically to focus on making this one thing really good that fits into your whole architecture or software architecture plan. Well, that's what what makes me wonder about the iPhone's display. So I didn't want to bring this up till later, but if you look at what's happening with... You, did you see the Galaxy S8, the Samsung launch? No, I don't like, follow Samsung phones. Okay, it's like... You should literally Google it. It's the most impressive phone in years. It's beautiful. Samsung released an AMOLED edge-to-edge display on a phone. Like the whole front bezel is just beautiful. And the thing that it makes me think about is because Samsung is supplying to Apple, they're able to beat them at every punch now. Apple was a display technology leader, and now they're losing at their own game. If you look at this thing, it's insane. It literally looks like a phone from the future. I don't care about Samsung. But like bezels that small it just looks so futuristic tiny bezels now now it's like we're not gonna we're done competing for battery life now we're competing for bezel size no we are though i mean you have to think it's we're talking about augmented reality as well like you've got a huge huge aspect ratio to play with no bezels you've got a 4k yeah, display really nice amoled screen nice phone it's it's beautiful you should you should pull up photos no, of the phone in camera mode. That's what's incredible. It literally looks like you've got a piece of glass that you're looking through the, to the world. It looks like something out of a sci-fi movie. And it's the reason I think it's kind of crazy is Apple can't innovate on that on its own. You know, there's all these rumors around the iPhone 8 having an edge-to-edge bezel-less display. Well, but Samsung could beat them to it because of The camera of is almost probably more important than the display. Yeah, I th- I'd argue that both are just as important. But... First, to do impressions, the low I think, light, really, really matter in To do now. the low light stuff, you need a really good camera. But yeah, any incredible. any display can display a pretty wide gamut of colors. But the the camera to do anything in low light, especially if you want to do augmented reality in low light, then it's going to need to be. Yeah, but you need you need an AMOLED display as well for doing okay, proper VR as well. Your, your AMOLED, eyes need that. Please, I have no idea what that is. AMOLED is a type of OLED display. Oh. It's like a phone OLED display. So you get richer colors, faster refresh rates. It's the t- the type of display that the HTC Vive and the Oculus Rift use because it's more true to life. And so the iPhone for a long time used this. They have an LCD display still, right? So you can see it when when your phone is um when your phone is on and you have like a black background on your lock screen, the black bits light up like it's still lit up. The, uh, you can see there's a light there, but with AMOLED, anything that's black, those bits are black because the pixels are off. So that's that's the big difference is you can do truer blacks and deeper colors because you don't have to. You you can do yeah. I don't I don't know the full details, but if you if you look at it, and Johnny Ive said this many years ago in an interview that the thing that feels the most unnatural to him is that the whole screen is lit up when it's uh, showing a black color. The Apple Watch uses OLED display. That's why the blacks just look black, not lit up. Weird. Like on the iPhone. Anyway. So that's that's what I mean. So Apple was lagging in that area. And what I like the Samsung Galaxy S8 looks like an impressive phone. That display, I think a lot of people will switch because of that display. It's beautiful. You know, I do still find I'm really still every time I use my iPhone, I'm impressed with it. It will be really if they I'm just looking at my phone right now, though, if you hold your phone up and you imagine that where the black bar at the top and the bottom is a screen, that will be pretty sick. Yeah. yeah. Right now it looks chubby. If Once you've seen the Galaxy S8, you're like, wow, why wasn't my phone like this the whole time? Because it's expensive. That's what it made me realize is that's possible. It's expensive, but that Samsung S8 is the same price as your iPhone, so it's doable. Well, sorry, it has it has been expensive. Things get cheaper over time. Yeah, sure. Over time. I think the thing is, Samsung is catching up. They've got a good cadence now. And I yeah. think for many years, you've seen stagnation on Apple's side because they're about, at the moment, they're about optimizing for the best component. But it's all in the software. Oh, I totally agree. I would, the reason I don't buy Samsung is this, their software is awful. I also have been thinking a lot recently about how I really do think iMessage is going to become kind of a social network type thing. Social, more of a social networking. I app. think so too in iOS 11, but the biggest challenge with that is outside of the US, nobody uses iMessage. So okay, fine for the US market, but what about the rest of the world? Really? Nobody in Europe will reply to you on iMessage. If I send a text to a friend who has iMessage on, they'll reply on WhatsApp, and I do not understand it. It makes me crazy. I love on iMessage, WhatsApp? but in Europe, nobody wants it. Yeah, because. 
there's a whole there's a whole thing, but nobody trusts Apple really. And the other thing is, most of Europe is using Android, so you've got this like challenge there. I think iMessage would be an awesome cross-platform app. I mean, Apple will never do it because it's super good for lock-in, but it's oh, it would be so good if it worked on every device. iMessage is really slick. When you like, I use iMessage for file transfer half the time. Like, I just text files. To yeah, myself. I use it for file transfer because of AirDrop not working. Um, <laughs> never works. I never even bother. Yeah, but I've never managed to get airdrop to work properly. It works like 60% of the time, every time. Anyway, but I, I totally agree. I think iMessage will become a social network. Did you try Clips, the new social oh, no, app know, thing they released? Yet. Yeah, it just came out this mm. week. It's pretty cool. It's a bit weird because it's, um, it's still, it's cropped. It's not portrait. It's only rectangular. <laughs> it's really weird. It didn't. For some reason, it's still like that Instagram format from years ago. I don't, I don't really know why they made that decision. But the default option in it is iMessage. And it uses facial recognition to know who to send it to. Uh-huh. Yeah, like if you make a video, if I made a video of Femme and I have photos of her on my phone, it will recommend her to send it That's to. That's clever. Fancy as. Enough about Apple for today. Right, how about we talk about... Tell me about Uber, our other topic. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> well... I don't know anything about this story, so you're going to have to hit so me. So Uber, Uber gave Bloomberg an interview because I think they wanted to um, kind of make people not think that they're as bad as they are. Um, and so they provided a little bit of a, um, analysis and uh, it's quite funny. Um, so, well, <laughs> what is it? Is it the desperate plea so, for attention? Well, yeah, I mean, they really just did literally, I think just release their, like, I mean, it's quite, so anyway, it's actually quite a big company. Their gross bookings in, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I always forget their gross bookings in 2016 were $20 billion. And Wait, really? Yeah. Are they allowed to release this information? Yeah, they can do whatever the hell they want. They're, they're a private company. Travis. Yeah. Peter. Okay. True. Uh, their net revenue was 6.5 billion um Jeez. while their adjusted net losses how much were they bleeding there were 2.8 billion and also they excluded they excluded their um their china uh business which they sold um but they're growing really fast i mean the the last three months of 2016 were up 28% from the previous uh, quarter. And wow. Yeah. So I think they're like, but their, 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 their losses also seem to rise proportionally with their, um, their revenue. So I don't see a lot of profit, just a lot of loss. Isn't that because they're bankrolling the whole service right now? Yeah. Every ride is 40% cheaper. I think they'd lose 40% on each ride or something along those lines. But if you think they're doing that much revenue and they're ba- valued at $69 billion, that's kind of, it doesn't seem, you know, completely, completely insane, but they really do have to yeah. figure out how to get, um, they really have to figure out how to get the company profitable because they are really burning so much money. And how do they, what's the path from here? Can they raise again? I mean, they did that creepy round with Saudi Arabia. I don't think that they would, be, wouldn't be very smart. They have to go public, right? I, I don't want to talk. I don't know. I have absolutely no idea at this point. I, it, I think I it's hard, it would be hard for them to find another billion dollars lying around. I don't think they, they can do anything this year except, I mean, they're, they're getting, dude, they're going to get, uh, so I've been following this Waymo court case like super, super closely. I literally read yeah, every read single trans- transcript from they're getting absolutely creamed by this judge. So he really does not like them. He is not. <laughs> well, he thinks that it's absolutely insane that the um, the guy, I can't remember what his name is, but the dude that came. Andrew Laskowski. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's so he's pleading the fifth and and the judge is like, I don't this is not no, he can't do this. I'm sorry. Right. But it's is kind of weird because I think 
if it was me in his shoes, I would want to plead the fifth because he clearly has a hundred percent stolen. Like, I, I mean, okay. So the development this week was that, uh, Uber searched all of the employees' computers and found one matching file, which is already a smoking gun. And then the judge ordered them to go back and search again, more precisely. And then, uh, Waymo is arguing that it's ridiculous that they're searching employees' computers because those guys aren't dumb. They would put it on their home computer. And I think they actually did find some more stuff too. And then also they released a whole Ooh. bunch of um, emails from their law firm conferring about how they were going to deal with um, Google suing them when they bought this company. No way. Yeah. So the judge is just going to be like, I can't. I can't imagine he's not just going to give them a massive middle finger and grant injunction. Like there'll have to be some crazy, crazy, or this guy's going to go to jail. One of the two, but like there's going to have to be some crazy, uh, something crazy would have to come out for, for Uber to win this. I just can't imagine that they're going to, I really what don't happens think so. if Uber doesn't win right now. Does their self-driving car die? Well, no, they're, they'll be injuncted from using, um, technologies, well, they'll 100% be injuncted from using anything that um, Waymo is using. But I think that the thing that is interesting about all the self-driving car stuff in this particular um, light very, very specifically is that I don't think that this is about the actual um, hardware. I think that it's right. about the placement of the hardware on the vehicles and a bunch of math around how the mirrors yeah, work. Yeah, it's about the actual like, algorithm. Yeah, that that actually allows the um, the whole system to work in concert. So there's this I, beautiful quote uh, from yesterday. Uh, sorry, on Thursday. So Axios reported that uber's argument is basically that it hasn't used alphabet's tech at all and that somehow proves its innocence because it's been using lidar tech from a company called velodyne <laughs> this is when it gets gets good the judge isn't buying it rightfully he wants to know what his name is Lewandowski has been working on since he joined uber and i quote he said in the court why would you hire this guy for 680 million a year if he's not doing anything what has he been working on the judge said repeatedly during a hearing in the uh, San Francisco, it does not leave the impression that you wrote about why he's been doing this entire time if it didn't lead to any prototypes. So they're hiding it. Yeah, he's really not happy about this, is he? He, I've read a lot of the stuff from him and he's he's obviously, he knows what he's talking about. He's the, the judge. First, the very first day. He's the judge that taught himself Java to do the Oracle Google lawsuit. Right. On the very first day... He was like, they were trying to tell him about LiDAR, and he was like, don't tell me about LiDAR, I know what it is. <laughs> I was like, I love you. <laughs> yeah, he's really, uh, he's, I think he, he, he basically said he's already made up his mind, because he told the lawyers, um, it's, uh, it's actually MoFo representing um, Morrison, For Morrison Forrester, MoFo, uh, representing Uber. He said, you better prepare your emergency motion, because... I'm going to rule and it's not going to wow. be in your favor. So uh, intense. Yeah. I think that's it, basically it'll set them back a lot of money and time, right? If they lose this. So it's interesting um, that they're uh, replacing the transit system uh, in, in, in the Canadian, um, was it Huntsville? Now let me just remember where the heck it was. Did you read about this? Yeah. The, the replacing buses with Uber basically yeah um which i think is actually kind of funny and i feel like is a bit of a publicity stunt um because also actually, kind of terrible well i've been to that oh, gosh now i can't remember if it was it was it's like so where i went to college outside of toronto there's um like the muskokas and stuff like that um and it's like up there gravenhurst was it or something like that um and anyway, but like there was, I don't think there was buses there anyway. So like, at least I, I don't remember there being buses there. So I don't know. I just think it's probably just a, like basically 
Uber needs to get paid by the city too and getting rid of the buses is actually a pretty good idea and so actually I don't like that they're getting rid of public transport for a private company I you know what I there's a lot of reasons why you shouldn't and there's a lot of reasons why you should and we definitely could do a whole podcast on that and get some city planners (laughs) and stuff like that but at the end of the day if you want to just go all the way down to lowest level of efficiency and then also you want to tie that to giving privatized transit is really weird because of the socioeconomics and doing um equitability for um uh for cities and 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 accessibility and all these kind of things in the efficiency offset of replacing a very inefficient transit bus system with you could probably provide some better services like the city would just have more money so it could in theory provide better services if the city worked that way but they don't always work that way so i think it but i actually think the better idea is that the car companies do it and then the car companies white label the on-demand autonomous vehicles to um to cities and uh and then the cities can can you know, either put it on their own routes or they can provide a city app where it's free for certain people if they have, you know, whatever or whatever, right? But I think... I just feel like getting rid of a bus doesn't make much sense. It means more cars on the road. you got to remember, buses are often contracted out to other, to private companies anyway, like Yeah, yeah, but it's not about companies versus companies. It's about the fact that you have a bus that can take 100 people or a car that can take four. Yeah, but... I know buses are also inefficient, but... But I think what you do is you say, I think you don't like, it's not a, it's not as simple as like, we're going to like replace all the buses with a four passenger car. Like we know them today. I think it's, we replace them with six different size, like four person, two person, 18 person, but, and then you put them in when there's commuting times, you put the 16 person ones always are around where the commuter stops are like the really heavy commuter stuff is. And then in the suburbs, you put the two people one or whatever, and then maybe you switch them around. Um, so we actually have that here in the Netherlands in a town called Eindhoven. They have a self-driving minivan that drives around the town and picks you up based on a phone app. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And the idea is very similar to what you said, kind of at busier times they have this thing on and like it drives around and it figures out the best route to where you are, but it's all about waiting, right? So it's almost like having a bus service where the bus goes where you want it to go. But the question is, can you fulfill the a reasonable amount of time or not? I, th- I think we'll see, but I like, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you can. I don't know. Is it efficient though? I just, I, I currently struggle to believe that replacing regularly scheduled buses is more efficient right now. Well, you can, dude, there are buses in Detroit that run for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours every day and average three people on them. Yeah. That's a data problem though, right? Well, it's almost like you need to merge the two together. (laughs) But, but still, but that's because they just think that route's an important route to have, but it probably is. It must like, be going. So, I mean, and that's happening everywhere. Like the cities yeah, are, sure. the cities aren't, are not particularly sophisticated and are definitely going to rely on technology being able to provide sophisticated yeah, solutions. And the bus is not aware of itself being full or not. Mm, like there's no, there's no, no real numbers. In Detroit, uh, 25% of their buses have automatic people counters. Um, and yeah, but that's really low. It should be all of, I think, I mean, that's not enough to give any meaningful data, right? No, it's junk. No yeah, offense, that's true. I love you guys, but it's, a, yeah, it's, in Amsterdam, I mean, I assume that they can do people counting here based on the fact that you have to have a, a digital card to get onto the bus. Like you can't get on the bus with money. You have to tag on and tag off so they know how many people are coming on and off or at all times. You, you can't use cash at all? If you use cash, you get a digital card that you use to uh, swipe onto the bus. Then, yeah, they definitely would have a count. Marta has a similar thing in um, in Atlanta. Did you um, read about what the Department of Homeland Security did with Twitter and the Donald Trump? Oh, my God. Did you read about it's that? It's like if you run a parody account, it's your nightmare. The U.S. government could come after you to find out who you are, basically. 
Wow. <laughs> they tried. Yeah. So what? The Department of Homeland Security sued Twitter no. to unmask an anti-Trump Twitter account, right? No, 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 no. Uh, Tell me more. Department Which of one Homeland, is this then? The Department of Homeland Security issued a summons to uh, Twitter requesting that they unmask the like alternative Department of Homeland Security or something Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. And it was like definitely just said no. Yeah, well, Twitter sued them and said no, and then they retracted it. Um, But it was pretty funny because, I mean, it was such a it was a crazy thing. Like it was a really crazy thing. There was some like creepy dystopian future shit. Yeah, there's there was zero 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 legal basis for the summons that they sent at all. Other than it was a parody. No, even the like the thing that they sent could like the laws that they quoted were related to the import and export of goods oh come on yeah no it was like it's crazy no it's like seriously i read it it was the furthest thing from like it it i i was gobsmacked i was literally i'm sure the the legal counsel at twitter was like what the shit oh i'm sure i mean you should actually read the it's like a the lawsuit they filed is like 30, 30 or 40 pages, just like hammering on the government. Like it's really good. And actually a Senator even was like, how issued like a letter to the department of Homeland security being like, why did you guys even begin to believe that this was something you can do? It was so outside of your jurisdiction. It's not even funny, but you know, I remember, well, I don't know. Like I've dealt with so many, like, not even the American right. government, but like we would get, we would get like random, like law enforcement companies or law enforcement groups from around the world at DigitalOcean who just like randomly fax you a thing being like, you must comply with our random state law that you, we have zero jurisdiction or we're gonna, blah. and you're like, do what? Like, <laughs> what is this silliness? Like, go away. And even for Europe or anywhere outside of the United States, you need to get an MLAT ruling, which is a mutual legal assistance treaty. And the number of times you'd get like the German police or the, you know, just like random law enforcement people from London or, or the UK government being like, hey, uh, you have to release the names of these people under our and you're just like, mm, no. Sorry. So like, it's not uncommon. Like, it happens all the time. But I think it's really, really funny that the Department of Homeland Security just used this random import goods, export goods. Like, they thought thing. they could get away uh, with they it. They really did. It was super pot shoddy. Speaking of this, speaking of the government. Oh, God. The NSA thing. Is that where you're going with this? That's where you're going with this. Did you hear of this group called the Shadow Brokers? So. I hadn't, but then I did look into it a bit. <laughs> then you read about this. So they they leaked a whole bunch of, what, hacks slash exploits that the NSA had used over the years, like executable files that would exploit Windows into dumping data or monitoring you or whatever, just out of the blue. Yesterday? Day before yesterday? Yeah, they straight up Everybody was shitting the, the bed. The actual tools that you could just like... The binaries. They, they just like just, dumped them. You can download like from the NSA, so you could just... Load them up on your computer. So and everybody was hack panicking, into right? You wanted, yeah. And so, but get this: this is, it gets better. So, all of these zero days were from all these different codename tools that NSA used over the years, and the shadow brokers basically claimed to have hacked um, all sorts of uh, NSA servers to steal these. There's all these different programs like Eternal Romance, Eternal Blue, Exploding Can. They, their names are amazing. Fuzz Bunch, and a lot of these were remote exploits for Windows XP, Windows uh, Vista, Windows Server. Anything you think of has an exploit. But get this. This is where it gets creepy. So the the hack happened, the release happened on Friday, right? And Shadow Brokers have been trying to sell these tools for months. Assumably nobody bought them, or they waited long enough that they decided to release them. It turns out, Everybody was panicking, like, oh my god, it's a zero day, Microsoft is unpatched. Microsoft quietly patched everything a month ago. That's good. Somehow. Yeah, but how? Maybe they bought the tools. 
That's the super that's speculation. That's the working theory right now. No, come on. I just made that up. Yeah. So Ars, Ars Technica says uh, security researchers are taking to, to social media to speculate that Microsoft paid the shadow brokers uh, and basically patched the tools or that the flaws were disclosed privately by the NSA. So it's one of those two. Well, it would make sense that either of those things might happen. And if either, and if either of those things happen, can you imagine that phone call thing. like from the NSA and being like, Hey, we have 10 backdoors into windows. They're about to be on the internet. You should patch yeah, these. But I don't, this is like very, 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 very commonly known in the industry that the NSA does this stuff. Like I don't like, right. Um, Every spy agency is busy doing yeah, this. Um, I, I watched a, I think it was, it was like an infosec talk. I don't remember what the conference was. Um, and they had like the chief hacker for the U S um, talk at it. He's oh, like wow. in this, I think it's like restricted information operations or some or top. Oh, top. I don't know. Some like crazy, like information operations group. Yeah. And he gave a talk on basically how to keep him out of your system. And it was like to, yeah, no it was like to a bunch of enterprise CTOs and CIOs and stuff. And he basically said, we wait a really long time. We don't care if you, your things only like unpatched for like 10 minutes. We'll see that it's unpatched and get into the system and and put something in there and you're done and they look for the tiniest 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 of cracks he said if you do a info or um a pen test penetration test of your um network so if you run a large-scale network you regularly run penetration tests so that people can uh so you can see if people can get into your network so you basically hack yourself um Mm -hmm. and so he was like, if you run a pen test and you get like 85% or like 88 or not, sorry, 98% guaranteed, we'll still like figure out how to get in. Like just one little thing. And wow. he said that they wait and 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 probe and wait and probe and wait for years. Damn. That's and then crazy. And that's it. Then they just put whatever they want on the network and they're, they're done. They're in forever. It's not surprising, but it's also kind of shocking, you know? You just kind of like assume that your machine is yours, but it's not really because there's a whole bunch of people out there trying to. Well, look at how quickly Google um, rushed to to lay dark fiber between its um, data centers as soon and oh, that and was crazy. Everything they actually end dug to end, it. and its data centers um, after the Snowden to stuff came out that because knew. they were so paranoid about prism well because prism basically implicated them right as well did you ever see those photos of what cisco was doing or what the nsa was doing to cisco for all those years and that that one big leak so what would happen is you would buy say you would buy a cisco router right those huge ugly ass 48 port Mm -hmm. things big blue box very boring the nsa had agreements with fedex and all these other companies that they would intercept them and load custom firmware onto them on the way and reseal the box so it looked like nothing had happened (laughs) yeah it's kind of beautiful how like google you know that whole thing was like google's in on the data collection they did they were not they just literally couldn't buy machines that weren't infected and they the they were splicing the um the fiber channels under under ocean fiber putting a little piece of glass in them and then refracting the light out of the fiber channel but the um, light could still pass through as if it wasn't, you'd get like a blip sure. when it was being inserted, probably not even reg- registrable. One second. And then at, at once it was in there, it pushed the light out into a parallel cable. And then you had a carbon copy of everything that was mm-hmm. coming out of the data center. Da, da, da. So everything on the internet is well, monitored. Yeah, but we've known that forever. Like what, the internet was created by the government. Well, like, since, it's not since Snowden, at least it's it's. I don't think anybody understood the scale of it, right? Like nobody understood how many things were actively being exploited in the wild. The internet is a giant surveillance tool. It ha- always has been. I suspect it probably was created for that. Like, I mean, what? Look at ad networks. They're basically a proxy of that. You know, I mean. It's all it is. It's a shame. I, I mean, it's a real shame, but it's... I don't yeah. know. 
It's funny though because I think everybody assumes their governments to be bumbling idiots on the internet because they generally are. Like their websites are bad and blah blah blah. But then you have this shit going on. Oh no, government hackers are incredibly good. I would say America is super behind the behind the curve too. I would say that they have the the, well, least, the Russians are all Russians, about it. Chinese, Koreans. I mean, dude, Brits, the Germans. I think actually, yeah. America's like low, low on the totem pole these days for cyber, for cyber intelligence. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the problem. I think America's infrastructure end to end on everything is pretty old these days. Like, I'm curious what, like, will there be a Chinese Snowden or, you know, <laughs> it'll be really interesting. I mean, the Chinese internet is just a hundred percent. Like it's not even monitored by the internet. It's just like, is the internet. It's something else. Sorry, it is the government. Sorry, it's not even monitored by the government. It is the government. It yeah. is the government. End to end. Okay. All right. Enough about government surveillance. Let's talk about social <laughs> apps. <laughs> Sunshine, lollipops, Snapchat! and rainbows. Just ignore all the monitoring you. No, but okay. So Snap, our favorite topic. Instagram now has 200 million people using stories daily. I don't know what that means. Is that a problem? Well, it's the same numbers that Snapchat cites. Instagram says that 200 million people on a daily basis engage with Instagram stories. Well, Snapchat better come out next week and Snapchat say 300 the million. Thing. And then Instagram will come out a month later and say it's 400 million. And then Snapchat will come out and say it's 500 it's, it's, million. I have to say, we, we talked about what you know numbers are bullshit. But I mean, to be fair here, Snapchat cites daily active users they didn't break it down any further they didn't say what that means and instagram's doing the same thing and instagram caught up fast they were at 150 million daily actives three months ago and now it's at 200 million i mean snap's growth was tailing off so maybe facebook is really hurting them now because all that all facebook is doing is going for the lowest common denominator that's it okay so the thing that um i do not like though is the way that they phrase this. So I'm on their I'm on their blog right now. Yeah. Over 200 million people now use Instagram stories every day to keep up with friends and accounts right. they love. Accounts, brands. No. Well, but that's it. So that's how <laughs> that's where they release this number. Now, I yeah. sometimes occasionally click on this someone's story on the top and look at it. I've never posted ever to it. I Oh, yeah, but you're a I, daily active right, user exactly. now. So like, that's not a that's not. <laughs> but a that's real the same matchup. as Snapchat. Well, no, but Snapchat is that's its what own. Snapchat's no, but Snapchat too. is its own app. Like, I'm not. I'm it not. Matter. They're talking. Up there. No, it does matter because they're calling out the specific user metrics of a feature of their app, which they are I mean, putting they have next to. to some other whole app. Okay. So, okay. So, but in so, defense, so, in defense of Instagram. Snapchat counts a daily active user as you click the icon. Like, it's, so why don't? But why doesn't Instagram just say every Instagram's user like has probably clicked the story a story if they follow someone who's posted a story? Like, how many? How many? Sure. Us, how yep. many users does Instagram have? Okay, that's how many. Like, it's just one point five billion. Fine. But then, like, that's the number. That's the real <laughs> number to talk about. Okay. Sure. Sorry. I know. I, I think it's really interesting because when when I saw this number, I thought back to what you were saying. Like they're literally playing the bullshit numbers game. Instagram, Facebook's whole angle here is to make Snapchat look worse than Instagram. Right. That's not that's all they want to do. They picked the right number metric. for it. Good. So that's exactly it. They've, looked, they've picked the number poor. that means nothing. It's actually it's pretty bigger. poor. If only two hundred million people out of the however many people use Instagram are using the stories feature i mean i guess that's pretty impressive for five months after launch but like how how long after facebook messenger was launched did people start using facebook mess like five months after that did it have 200 million active users well, and then also instagram had a huge network in the first place so it doesn't count snapchat has to acquire every single user and instagram doesn't stories was turned on of course it's going to have a bunch of people clicking it it's silly there's 600 million instagram users every month all right so that's what snapchat's gotta beat i'm looking forward to their earnings it's pretty soon actually i bought some more i bought some more twilio oh i wanted to say two things (laughs) one thing is we are not so someone got i think a little I don't know if they got a little bit annoyed. Two people got too kind of annoyed with something I said. What? One was that they, I 
I think they got burnt on Twilio. Now, okay. If oh, yeah. you are if you are gonna buy tech stocks, there's like basically two ways to I think in my mind, there's two ways I two ways I do it. Either you try and if you think it's gonna pop really hard on its IPO, you buy it then and you basically I would just sell it by the end of the day. Or even at the second if it starts to tip down in the yeah. time that you've bought it, just sell it. That's what I did with if Snapchat. Do not, do not go you do not go long on a stock on its then you wait I will usually wait six months for the stock to stabilize and then that's when I buy it. Um if I'm going long on it. So you don't buy on the first day. I don't I don't really like care about that. I'm not a day trader so I don't really get in on that stuff. Um but I do go long. Okay, so well, anyway. an example is would you buy Tesla shares right would, now? So that was the second thing was someone was talking, saying that I like something about how basically Tesla's a technology company and that I'm wrong about Tesla's valuation because um, they have really nice interfaces and no one else will be able to do a nice interface or something <laughs> like that. Anyway, I get like, yes, Tesla's a great car company and I am not saying Tesla's not a good car company and but I'm that is a, I simply am saying that's a hell of a valuation to grow into and so you know maybe they'll do it with the they Elon just announced basically an auto competitor so auto is the self-driving semi so they're gonna ha- release apparently release a self-driving semi um or sorry oh, a, se- a Tesla semi I presume it'll be a self-driving semi uh in September so yeah Tesla's at three hundred dollars yeah, right now. I would now. not buy Tesla. So the thing. Wow, that's high. I was speaking to a friend about this, and I also don't think like Tesla doesn't have cash flow. I don't think that it's well. Um, I don't think that it's well set up to 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 weather some kind of economic blip. I think it could it couldn't weather a global economic blip. And I certainly don't think it could weather a more local U S blip. I mean, if, if Trump took away all of the energy rebates, it relies on its debt. So I think it depends on your investment horizon, right? Like I would say that in 10 years, if some younger folks get their hands on some of the traditional automotive car companies did you know that gm was the first company in america to reach a billion dollars in um revenue on the on the um public market gm GM. first company ever 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 in american history general motors billion dollars they were the first ones and i look back they were they sold like they were selling like 65 different types of car then and like they were selling millions of units and like you, if like you either believe cars are going to exist, like, I don't know, like, I, I, I don't even know how you get into that heyday numbers if things change. And like, I don't know, the whole car industry seems very weird, but I still think that um, those types of companies that have been around for that long and have built up that much enterprise value and have cash flow and understand how to you know, do this type of stuff at scale and manage. I mean, Ford Financial Services, I can't say too much, but they're like thinking about some cool stuff right now that is neat. Like, and it's not even related to, and like Ford Financial Services is an amazing, amazing group. They like, um, the CEO of my company covered them at Morgan Stanley and she said that they basically operated like a bank or a hedge right. fund. Like they're just amazing. So like, wow, I just, you know, sorry, but I get, I get that no. Tesla's cool. But there's better bets right now if you're long. I think that the thing is, I you know, I saw a funny meme video the other day. I'm going to post it in the Slack. It's hilarious. It's this video of um, Reddit comments about Elon Musk. And it just made me laugh because it's like everybody reacts that because Elon Musk is like a god to them that he can do no wrong. And I think the thing is that their stock price hangs off that a lot. You know, I mean, if you look at I was just looking at the, um, Those are the stock price value. relative to his yeah. tweets. It's it's absurd, you know. He tweets about a semi semi, and the stock price goes up twenty percent. It's 
crazy. I mean, you can just be like, I'm going to raise some money today, and then you can tweet something silly, and then billion of people. I'm making a rocket next week. Yeah. Tesla cars are going to. But anyway. I have to say, he's been pretty good at hitting his. Um, he does a good job. Like, I'm not. They nail their quarterly good, guidance good every job. single time for what it's worth. Job. And SpaceX landed a reused rocket, by the way, since we last talked, no, which is no insane. No farms with, with uh, Elon Musk. He's a, he's a fine guy, except for his weird AI stuff. But other than that. So. Okay, Google. Okay, Google. It's a Whopper. What is a Whopper? Did you see this? Okay. The future of guerrilla advertising is messed up. I have a Google Home, right? And Google... Google, not Google, Burger King ran an ad this week on TV that was basically along the lines of, maybe I can just play it. You're watching a 15 second Burger King ad, which is unfortunately not enough time to explain all the fresh ingredients in the Whopper sandwich. But I got an idea. Okay, Google, what is the Whopper burger? (laughs) That is genius. Yes. And it works? So, well, it was genius, but it got shut down within a few hours. Google blocked the frequency of the ad. So they just loaded it in and they said, okay, if, it, if you hear this, it doesn't work. Uh, that's not nice. What if you wanted it? Well, so that guy can never use well, Google Home how, again. What happens anyway, if a hundred so other companies did, do this? Yeah, exactly. That's the biggest problem. Now it's going to keep setting it off. But I have the inside scoop that multi-user support with voice recognition is launching for the Google Home in the next few oh, weeks. That's cool. So... Soon it won't work. So soon you have to tell, say OK Google three times. And then based on who says OK Google, it loads all your associated accounts. So if I say it, it'll load my Spotify. If Femka says it, he'll load hers. If you said it, it will oh, load that's yours. clever. Awesome. I'm going to take my Alexa back and get out of Google Home. Yeah. That, I think that makes way more sense. And so if, if, you know, if Femka asks for her calendar, it will give hers. And can it read my email to me then? Yeah. Then you can ask for your own accounts and you can choose how much detail... You get. Okay. But um, so the best part about this Whopper campaign is they ninja edited the Wikipedia page because right now it just says like the, the Whopper is the trademarked burger of Burger King. But they edit it to say the Whopper is a burger consisting of a flame grilled patty with 100% pure beef with no preservatives, blah, 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 blah. And now Wikipedia owned them because all the editors have like changed it to the most dry text ever, ever. And if you go to the talk page, there's somebody who appears to work for them basically begging them to change it back. He said, oh, but you accepted my edits last time, right, right, right. There's a whole huge, huge argument in there. Particularly in Europe, I've drawn criticism for cultural insensitivity or misogyny. Additionally, the Singers Project, oh my goodness. It actually doesn't it's sound... It's crazy. It's just like, yeah, that's interesting. But you know what? If anyway, you Google, so- if you Google um, what is a Whopper right now, the top part still says... The Whopper is a hamburger consisting of flame grill, quarter pounder, beef patties, has made bomb Sure, because it's been know. cached. But anyway, genius. I really hope they launch the voice recognition soon because it's just going to get bad. Everybody's going to copy it. They probably, even though they got banned in the first six hours or something from Google Home, they probably got more promotional mileage out of this than they ever would, even if they didn't This is get why I think you have to it's, use it's your Siri genius. a lot. This is why people's Siri's aren't good, because it can't pick up other people's voice, but my Siri knows me so well. I really, someone said in the Slack, I can't remember who it was, it might have been Chris Perry, said I'm going to write, or John's next book's going to be called My Siri and I, or something like that. I laughed so hard. <laughs> I love my Siri. But that's to your point, right? Like, I think, I yeah, because you don't use it's it enough. Not, I used Siri many times and I turned it off and now my iPhone battery is awesome. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so I think we're going to see more of that in the future. I mean, Siri has voice recognition already because it's on your phone and you, you train it with Hey Siri like four times, right? And then hey that's Siri. It. it doesn't respond to anybody else. Works every time perfectly. Yeah, see? Exactly. Okay, we should wrap it up here. Okay, good one. John. Tell everybody the dates you're in uh, Amsterdam again. Um, 26th to the 30th. But I'm not like, so I'm not Hang like out with us. completely um, available every hour of those, those days. No, you're not. Oh, what do you mean? You're not, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but we're going to make something happen, yeah, yeah, I think, sure. even if it is some beers. So email us on Hyatt Charge Podcast if you're not in the Slack, but you are in Amsterdam. Or if you're in the Slack, we will probably organize something at the last second. Yeah, actually, nothing really too much is planned yet. So if if someone wants to write in and pick. But you're here for King's Day, which is the best Amsterdam holiday ever. I've heard it's quite good. All right. I'm going to go sit in the sun. Do your end spiel. All right. Okay. 
You can email us on highatchargepodcast.com. Please review us on iTunes. And I have a different ask for, for everybody this week. Please share the link to the SoundCloud or the iTunes on your Twitter, on your Facebook. Get the word out. Anyway, please do that. <laughs> That's it. We love doing this. So uh, it doesn't matter if you don't. Cool. Cool. Right, John. Till next week. Good Bye. to hang out. Bye.